Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? 
Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestivani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. It is November the 6th, 2012. I'm Storm Sestivani, and I am here, of course, with my co-host, the lovely Jackie Smith. Um... Cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com, which is the sponsor for this show. And also you can check out uh, our show website at KeepItMagic.com. We do, Jackie and I do want to apologize um, for last week. Um, We didn't know that, of course, that a hurricane was going to pretty much obliterate much of New York. (laughs) Well, you did predict it, but I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying. Um, and that still kind of creeps me out. Uh, <laughs> I'm really creeped out by the whole thing. But um, not only that, Jackie, but there was also an earthquake, um, which I said I was concerned about parts of uh, Alaska and, uh, you know, that nor- really northwest part of Canada. Really? Um, in regards to having an earthquake, and there was one. <laughs> and wow. in California, they're suffering from Santa Ana winds. So... <laughs> That's right. You talked about that as well. Yeah. Well, I'm really creeped out by my weather predictions, but I guess I am not storm for a reason. (laughs) You did pick that theme. Um, I love I love the reason why um, why storm is uh, is your is your name too. Yeah. Um, which is another day, another show. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Another show. So today is Election Day in the United States, and mm-hmm. um, uh, the interesting thing is that the first place that gets to vote is uh, uh, Dixville Notch, New Hampshire, which votes at 12.01 in the morning. Um, and really? They have, they've had this tradition. So there, and, and there's, like, you know, X amount of people in the town, and, you know, like... Not really. There's there's more, but um, uh, but their election is always held at that time. So those election results are there. There are five votes for President Obama and five votes for Mitt Romney. <laughs> so I don't know if that is kind of uh, a forewarning for um, what is going to occur. The election Mercury, of course, is going to go retrograde in about two hours. Um, and once it does go retrograde, um, uh, there can be a, a lot of difficulties in regards to, like, vote tabulation, machines working, uh, and things uh, of that nature. There's, there's, stories, there's stories all over the place. There's a story about um, a guy who um, sent a video over to MSNBC about how, as he was placing his um, ballot, it kept, every time he pressed Obama, because it was an electronic screen, touch screen, every time he pressed Obama, it would come up Mitt Romney. Oh, my gosh. Checked. And it was, um, so he did a whole, he sent a video over to MSNBC. So there's a whole shadoodle on that um, because the voter, um, the voting uh, judge, the election judge or the person, whoever taking care of the election, was like, no, it'll be fine. And uh, 
Oh, yeah, so that was interesting. But you know what's really interesting? Now, you went out and voted today, right? You didn't do absentee? I didn't do absentee. I actually went and voted. That's so impressive. I'm just, I'm very excited that you did that. Um, and, and how long did it take you? About 20 minutes. Um, my husband and I got in line at 6.45 this morning, and we did not leave until 8.15. And did you have, um, like, a coffee and a lawn chair? Pretty much, yeah. I had. We both had uh, big cups of coffee with us. And uh, um, we and I finished it, unfortunately. I was ready to, like, hey, you stay here, hold my line, my place in line, I'll get us more coffee. But that might not have worked with the other people around us. So um, we waited. We got through the whole thing. There was a moment of this one woman who left. Her ballot had gotten stuck in the thing mm-hmm. where they read the ballots. We're old school. we gotta, we got to wiggle in the little – we have to fill in the little ovals. Mm, yeah, we do. We don't have any fancy – we have the little science fair three um, tri-board yeah. where you're, you're hunkered under and you're filling in the little ovals. And um, I have to say that I – mean, Ferndale is 20,000 people and there's – Six, six or seven precincts that you vote in, mm-hmm. and um, every precinct, well, most precincts, two hour wait. One of the precincts was a quick 15 minute, um, but that was actually the smallest precinct. But everybody else is a two hour wait, and I've been hearing that all over the country that people are, re- I mean, the turnout. I think this this might be, we thought 2008 was a record turnout. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a bigger turnout. And actually, the media is predicting the opposite. Really? That they're predicting that it's going to be a very, very, you know, it's not going to be a big turnout. Um, And the reason being is that classically in past elections in which it seems like that there's a tie going on, um, Mm -hmm. the reason being is that there's a certain certain block of the voting um, group that is just, you know, really not interested and or impressed with the two candidates. And, you know, classically... When you have a toy, it means one one of the candidates did not seal the deal. Hmm. Um, interesting. Now, I have to say, neither one of them are sealing the deal, but I also have to say that the pressure, the, the, the intensity, the stress at the polling booth was palpable. Before, I used to go in and they'd be like giggling and saying hi and welcome, and, and this year it was... It was by the book baby. Um, it was. It, it, here is the thing. I have purposely stayed off of, uh, you know, for like the past week or so. St- you know, stayed off of a lot of time on social media because of the fact that you know everybody mm-hmm. po- posting all of this particular stuff was just driving me insane. Right. Jackie, I joke you not. Walking into the polling place. It was like being on Facebook. They were at each other's throats. It was crazy. Huh. You know, there was a, you know, because of Hurricane Sandy in New York, um, uh, you can vote anywhere in the state of New York. Um, they have to let you vote. Uh, uh, Governor Cuomo um, uh, signed an executive order yesterday allowing that basically to happen. Um, and it was mainly for people in destroyed areas, you know, would still be able to cast their vote and, you know, not be disenfranchised in the election. Um, right. There was a guy that was behind me that uh, was from the city, um, and uh, he, you know, told the lady he was from the city, and, you know, he filled out the particular uh, form, uh, 
um, that you have to fill out and uh, all this other stuff. And the, uh, you know, that they went and, uh, you know, the, the woman was showing him, you know, basically the part of the, the ballot that he could vote and the part that he couldn't, okay? And then basically there was a little form um, uh, in regards to, uh, uh, you know, for him to fill out so that he can vote at a later time in his particular district. So the other side, I'm not going to say which side was which that was uh, causing a problem, but... um <laughs> Oh, look at you. Okay, I'm no. being ever professional. Um, ever professional. Um, basically, they were really having a fetch, and they wanted photocopies of driver's licenses, and they wanted, uh, you know, which precinct he was in, and all this other stuff, in order for them to verify that he was actually from that precinct, registered to vote, and that he actually was not voting twice. Hmm. And when I was filling out, uh, you know, about to go fill out my form, um, you know, the woman tells me, make sure uh, that you fill in the particular ovals within the oval. And uh, I was telling you about this before the show, and I'll tell you one more other thing that, that was hilarious, you know, that no, I, I... Okay, but you have to say it in the accent that you said it when you were telling me the first time, because I was laughing so hard. How did you say it? Oh, the, uh, the I'll t- when I get to the woman, I'll do it. So, anyways, okay. I was uh, you know given it, and you have to fill uh, out these little ovals and stuff like that. And the woman, she looks at me and she says, "Make sure you fill it inside the ovals, or they will try to discount it as an overvote." Then, <laughs> you know, it gets even funnier. You know, the the. the, the there was mix-ups and all this other stuff, and they were having a hard time uh, finding people in their particular books. So she's looking me up and stuff like that, and she goes, you know what? She goes, it would be good if we had computers like the rest of the state, but they won't pay for it. They don't want to pay for them. <laughs> I was just well, like, oh, my God. But that's fascinating that you have to go, depending on whether you're Democratic or Republican, you have to go into different lines and go – um, to different places over there, it's just one line. In Michigan, it's, and so I'm fascinating about um, learning all the different voter rights stuff coming up and learning how different it is. I did not know you could do early voting, which is not the same as absentee ballot. Yeah. Um, I had no clue that you could do early voting. It's I did absentee ballot for years because I just don't leave the house. Well, I do right. now. Let me be clear because I may be accused of being lying. I do now. You do now leave the house. But I'm yes. so proud of you. Well, you know, you're going in that 20-mile radius around your house, so yeah. we'll see how it going. So I'm, I'm finding it really fascinating that now in Michigan, you just you have one line, and you go and you show them your ID, fill out a little thing, and mm-hmm. your piece of paper, you show them your ID. They, um, now they run it. They do like a little imprint. But you don't have to have your ID. You can do it. You can sign an affidavit on the back. Yeah. If you don't have your ID. So not having it, I always thought you had to have your driver's license or a state ID in Michigan, but you don't. So that was that was a new thing that I learned. And then they check you in. Um, they, they have it on the computer, so that's why they, they swipe it, because it just comes up on the computer for them. Yeah. And then your little piece of paper, you get the ballot and the ballot cover, and you go in your little cubby. Did and, you get a receipt like you were at 7-Eleven? Uh, no, I didn't. We have to stick our form into this little machine, and it's scans uh-huh. it. And it tells oh, you, it tells you this stuff, and you can push a button basically for print receipt. 
Um, and you print that receipt, and it tells you who you voted for on it. And here is the thing. There are people that are on Twitter that are of a party that I am not going to mention mm-hmm. that are freaking out because people are taking copies of their particular receipts and photographing them and putting them on Twitter, which is illegal. Right. You can't actually um, – you, you can't you can't Instagram your ballot. So you're not supposed to be able to do it because there's a privacy aspect to it, and they don't want anyone to be pressured into, um, and, into any of that stuff. Now – Again, it's just now the te- the tension was there because they were making sure that every I was dotted and T was crossed and minding their P's and their Q's, and then I went to stand in line to put my ballot in the machine, and people were starting to creep up a little bit um, away from the table towards where you put it in the machine, and it was my turn, and the woman was like, "Don't say back." There is an interesting tension, which I blame Mercury retrograde, um, that everybody is. But at the same time, I almost feel like the White House astrologers have have um, said, "Okay, pay attention. This all the details are really important in this election." Yeah, it is because Mercury is going to go retrograde in. Um, which I mentioned this on two the hours? last show that we did in two hours. Yeah, it's going to go retrograde. The last well, time that it, it changed directions. On election night was in election 2000, and we know what happened. Right. Um, right. Uh, and every time that there has been a Mercury retrograde on election night, that there's been an electoral college president. So, if it holds up the same this time, we may see either um, Governor Romney or President Obama not winning the popular vote, but winning the electoral college. Wait, we were having a discussion about that. Um Several of us were having a discussion about the Electoral College, and and some people want to abolish it and only do the popular vote, and some people don't. And I, we won't do that in this in this show, but um, it's kind of like Congress and, and presidents, the checks and balances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make well, sure it's that basically so that each state has an equal say within the election. Um, exactly. The reason being is that if you take the population of New York and you take the po- population of California, you have a big, huge, gigantic bolt of a population of the United States. Right, and it wouldn't be fair. Yeah. It wouldn't be fair for two states to choose the president because they have the most to gain, and then and then all the voting and all the um, the rest of us wouldn't matter. We yeah. would just have to suck it up. And back then, so, when the electoral college was was created, Jackie, not only did it choose the president, but it also chose at that time the senator. It wasn't until I think that the forties that we were allowed to start voting. And don't quote me on the date, but it wasn't until much later on that, you know, we started to be able to pick our uh, senators ourselves. But there's one, other inter- there's one other interesting thing that's going to happen that we need to talk about. Um, we have an eclipse next Tuesday. Okay. Um, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit just so that you could throw out some candle stuff um, for people to get prepared for it. So they can, of course, go to CoventryCreations.com um, uh, and uh, – and order the particular products that Jackie suggests. Remember, all of your sponsorship to this show keeps the show on the air, girlfriend. And, so, and you can get it if you order it today. You will absolutely, you know, unless, of course, you sell out, you you will get it by next Tuesday. Or you live on Long Island. You know, it might be a little unless longer. Unless you're on Long Island. But, yeah. So. Um, 
the eclipse is in Scorpio. Um, it is the first of uh, two years of eclipses in Scorpio. Um, where the, at some point within the year, there's going to be an eclipse in Scorpio. The moon is in Scorpio. The moon is in Scorpio. The sun is in Scorpio. It is a new moon, um, which means automatically new moon starting something new. Uh-huh. Um, it's in Scorpio, which means transformation, regeneration, get, getting rid of the old, getting rid of not, what's not working. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, the thing here that I found the most interesting, though, is that there's an interesting combination of three planets in this particular chart. It's Jupiter, Neptune, and Mars. Now, I'm going to just break this down into English. Mars is our ability to go out into the world and get what it is that we want. And when Mars is in an aspect to, uh, it's called a paran, which means that it's angular, um, uh, which makes it feel very obstacle-oriented. But um, when Mars and Neptune are in this particular type of aspect, Jackie, one almost feels powerless. It feels like the world out there um, is so much greater than we are, and we feel rather impotent. Um, Jupiter, um, uh, involved with Neptune as well, usually means that uh, in some way that we start looking for a savior, looking at something outside of ourselves um, to rescue us in many ways. Okay. Um, So basically, this chart shows a very, very weakened mindset, okay, or a very weak, there's a very weakened feeling in this particular chart, and it's combined with the need to find somebody to fix, the need to find somebody to rescue, the need to look outside of the self in order for um, other things basically to fix what is more of an internal um, type of an issue represented by that scorpionic energy. It sounds like a recipe for codependence. Yes. Add two cracked up eggheads and stir. I it's thought insane. it was funny. It, it, I thought it, that it was, was funny. Add to that, Jackie. Let me just <laughs> throw one more little spice here into the recipe. Um, the sign that is on the ascendant of the eclipse chart for set in Washington D.C. because you set up for the Capitol mm-hmm. um, is Mercury. Mercury is retrograde. So you won't have correct thinking. People aren't going to be analyzing things the right way. They're going to draw conclusions that are not necessarily there. Um, Mercury is in Sagittarius, so it likes grand drama. Um, uh, So this is going to be um, relatively fascinating um, to see it happen. So there's a a definite mind problem, Jackie. Okay, there's a feeling weak problem and the need to find something out there to fix you. So fix us. So... That's interesting because I, I, I think that um, that's this is going to be really interesting to see what ha- – I'm, I'm, I'm stifling what I think about the political stuff because it's not a political show. But what's interesting is to see how, how that's all going to play out mm-hmm. over the next week. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so basically, it's kind of going to be who gives up first. Yeah. So the election might be decided by who gives up first. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, 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 I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. But personally, the whole personal aspect of this is feeling like um, it, I see the potential of bullying going up. Mm-hmm. 
the feeling of helplessness with that. And then we all know that bullies are helpless, so in their own right, and they're um, whether it's bullying through political means or bullying through schoolyard or, or whatever. So I think we're, we might see a little bit of that. So it's really a protection. There's going to be a lot of protection and a lot of clearing, a lot of uncrossing during this process. So what do you think? What should people get? Well, I think that what what you have here is you need you need a guardian protector, and that's the Blessed Herbal Guardian Protector candle. You need someone, an energy where you feel like there's an angel or or um, a spirit or the divine watching out for you. There's somebody bigger, better, and and more talented than you who has your back, and that's the guardian protector. They also also I think a, a helping hand. Um, Hoodoo candle is going to really help with that process. Then from there, um, very much um, um, a clear thinking. So I would then take the um, the uh, inspiration candle. That one mm-hmm. keeps coming. That one keeps coming. Also, tranquil home candle, um, as well as the uh, happy home candle. All of those things. Um, any one of them or all of them. Um, you know me. If one candle will do, then seven will be better. But I'm the opposite, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> Any one of those would be um, very effective to keep keep working on your own inventory on what is this about. Self-awareness, very much self-awareness throughout this process. And, um, you know, I'm Sacred White Sage and Sweetgrass is really going to help keep you clear. Mm-hmm. Those those are from the world magic line. The incense, the oils, the candles, any and all. Um, mm-hmm. Those are I'm I'm feeling really strongly about that. And then um, pulling it all together, I would say would be um, the peace candle. That just I was going to say something else, and peace just came out of my mouth. So I guess that one's it. Um, the peace candle because it's your place in the world. Yeah. And staying tuned into your place in the world. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, thanks for that advice, Jackie. Now, you're going to New Orleans tomorrow for the Folk Magic Festival. <laughs> yes, I'm not even packed. <laughs> now, i got to ask you a question first, Jackie. Uh-huh. Are you going with Gangnam Style? <laughs> I'm much cooler than Gangnam Style. Much well, cooler. you know, Gangnam Style is that you dress really, really classy, but you dance uh-huh. really, really cheesy. Oh, yeah, really? You're gonna you're gonna take me there? Well, here is the thing. Here, here is the. First of all, we have a new number one song in the nation, which is called Gangnam Style. It is the first song um, that is in a foreign language that has hit number one on our uh, particular charts. And here's here is the thing. I know you love karaoke. Uh-huh. I know you love it, Jackie. I mean, it's just something, you know, you have pictures of you doing it. You did it at the 20th mm-hmm. anniversary. You know, mm-hmm. so I was just imagining, you know, you there. And I, I, what I want everybody to do right now is I want everybody, even you, Jackie, to close your eyes, okay? Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, just imagine you there with, you know, like nine to ten studly Asian dancers, okay? <laughs> and then this happens. Gangnam Style 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 
um, in a syncretic uh, sort of way. And, no. uh, you know, basically for uh, understanding that even though that we do a lot of celebrations, okay, I mean, that there's a lot of holidays and things of this nature, that even though that we tend to forget there's actually a practical purpose for those holidays, um, that there is, in effect, actually um, a reason for those particular holidays, that they have an internal um, type of purpose. And we spend a lot of time, you know, um, in uh, September um, uh, with uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and last week, uh, you know, Jackie and I were going to talk about um, uh, uh, Samhain and uh, Halloween. Samhain, uh, Halloween, whatever it is. That Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, you know, um, All Hallows Day. Uh, there's a lot of holidays that are clustered right there. Um, mm-hmm. But... Unfortunately, we were kind of eclipsed by something called Sandy. <laughs> so Jackie and I are going to do that, uh, you know, for the rest of the show. Um, what, you know, one of the things that, that we have talked about privately, Jackie, um, uh, is that in paganism, there seems to be uh, a particular element, you know, for many people. Um, there seems to be a particular element of the transformative process of these particular holidays that are missing. And, uh, you know, and you seem to see a lot of witches with, uh, you know, that will celebrate Samhain, and you'll see them celebrate Yule, but then you don't hear about any of it. You know, and then you'll see a few talk about Ostara, you know, and we'll find mm-hmm. out about it. Um, right, or uh, and they'll say, they'll say, yeah, because they want to be horny. But that's right. about it. Right. Well, okay. Now, I, 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 I can't speak to all pagans. I can't speak to – there's no universal system of, of paganism or witchery or anything that says all pe- folks are like this. It's very personal, and that's why I think so many people are drawn to that side. And it can be real earthy, but um, I'm a city witch, and I don't garden because there's bugs out there. And I am not attuned to the growing cycle. I hire someone to put, I hire people to put flowers in my yard. I'll be honest with you. I'm not drawn to dig in the dirt. I'm not. I'm never. I never have been. I've tried it. I'm allergic. It. It. You know. It's all. It's all good. So what's a city witch to do? And really, this is this has been my process. And I was very inspired by um, going through Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah with you. Um, and, and Teshuvah, and, and I was looking at the practice, you know, the, the pagan practice, and, and and I've been doing a lot of, of course, a lot of writing for the Akashic Record book, so all this came together, and I had a giant aha moment, is that the wheel of the year, that this wheel of the year is, is we, we give it to the earth, it's the solar year, and we say this is all about the Earth's growth, and we kind of tap in a little bit to our own process, just, you know, a bit like, well, we're waning our year, and so we slow down and this and that. Well, after going to the Tishuvah with you and having such a profound experience, um, I said, you know, there's way more to this. There's a reason why the astrology follows this. There's a reason why the astrologer said the energy of Scorpio is this. Mm-hmm. Because it's a natural energy, and and when and what we talk about in our show and what we teach is grab onto that natural energy and make it work for you. 
Mm-hmm. Don't try and fight against it. Don't get pissed off because we're in Scorpio and all this crazy stuff is happening in your life and you're finding out things about people you never, ever wanted to know because this is a time when secrets are revealed. Yeah. Or secrets are kept. I mean, this is a time of that. And and with Samhain and um, uh, Day of the Dead, we deal a lot with ancestors. A lot of folks are having dumb suppers for their ancestors or the people who have died. But why? Why is this important to do this now? Why? And that's what I've been been taking it to to that deeper and deeper and deeper level. Well, well, between um, Samhain and Yule, in many traditions they call this the dead time, where you're not supposed to really work any magic at all. Do not do magic during the dead time because there's too many spiritual influences. There's too many things going on. But here's what I think is that we're not supposed to, they they advise you against doing any magic in the dead time because you're cuckoo. You're cuckoo because you're you're really starting to um, uncover your own secrets. As you said, the sludge underneath the sewers is starting to come up. Mm-hmm. And and it feels so personal and and with the um with the eclipse coming up and all the aspects, it's gonna feel even more personal and you're gonna feel like people are, are running you over on purpose and and it's gonna feel like you um you have been targeted by the universe. Well you really haven't. You haven't been targeted by the universe, but what you're doing is you're mirroring and you're finding all of those things that you shove deep down. And and so why do we work with ancestors at this time? Because this is the perfect time to uncover your legacies, the legacies that your ancestors left to you, good and bad. There's the good ones. There's, you know, Uncle Joe is a great businessman, and so I tap into his energy when I need to do this and this and this. Or, you know, or there's the negative legacies, which is, you know, my family did it this way, and um, I, I guess my best example of a negative legacy is as a mother, I look at my daughter sometimes and I say, well, it was good enough for me when I was a kid and my parents did this, and I went, oh, wait a minute, I get to do things differently the way she needs me to do them. So th- there's those type of legacies. And, and other legacies of maybe there's health legacies. Mm-hmm. Cancer runs in the family or or abuse runs in the family, or alcoholism runs in the family. You can work on those legacies as well. So it's bringing them up, because your your ancestors are so present right now, that veil is so thin, it's not just about Halloween. It's about this whole time. It, you can't do all this work on one day, um, because stuff comes up, and you think about things, and you realize things, and, and you talk to them, and they bring information to you. So this is a great time to deal with those legacies. Now, what you'll find from those legacies is how they've influenced your life. Yeah. Um, they um, they they have helped develop who you are, have um, helped define who you are, and so these are some of your secrets that you don't, you don't even know from yourself. So the time of Scorpio, what I've learned from you, Storm, is the time when your blind spots are illuminated. Mm-hmm. Do, do I have? Am I reading that one right from an astrological point of view? Well, it's basically where the sewer comes up to the surface, and you can make right. the choice of whether to deal with it or not. And those really are your blind spots because those are the things yeah. you refuse to look at, and so um, so that floats to the top. And so it's no coincidence that all this stuff comes together right now. And so you get to, as a witch, as a magical practitioner, as a kabbalist, as as an astrologer you can um, make some new new choices. So 
what I say is let it come up. Talk to your ancestors. Um, uh, work with them. See what legacies you you want to keep, what legacies you don't want to keep. And we did the um, the legacy meditation two shows ago. Mm-hmm. So go get that show, download it, find those things. Do that meditation several times. Do that meditation a couple times a week. I do it. I actually literally do it um, a lot right now. I started... Um, I really started that last year is when I uncovered that one. Um, absolutely, it was it was exactly last year because I was in, I think I was in one of my tours and I, I ended up made, making it up. Um, not making it up, but um, being inspired. On this, this is the stuff I know. And I and I somebody asked me for this and I started doing this in readings. So this is um, a, just a great thing to do, even if you do it more than once. And then once that comes up. Now you get to flip the script on all this drama. Now you get to cut away the dead wood. And so I have a couple of spells for that. Um, And you don't have to be, you don't have to limit the wheel of the year to how the earth grows and dies because guess what? That really only makes sense in an agricultural world. It doesn't make sense in Florida, per se, when when they're actually in the middle of their best growing season. It doesn't make sense in... um, further north or further south. So this is really about the energy that you get to tap into. There's well, the a reason why it all works this way. The interesting thing, if you look at this astrologically, okay, is that each of the um, the Wheel of the Year holidays, okay, what you have astrologically is that they happen 45 days apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, 45, in a day that the sun moves is one degree, okay? So that's 45 degrees. And in astrology, we have an aspect for that, okay, which is called a semi-square. Um, so, you know, as I've talked about squares in the past, that there are obstacles, um, confrontations, uh, it's, it's, it's where, um, so, you know, it's a very gnawing type of annoying type of energy usually, um, uh, you know, that needs to be dealt with. So if you look at this astrologically, every 45 days, okay, is a particular chance for that gnawing type of uh, energy to to push forth into the future. And if you take that, Jackie, and you begin to look at it from a growing or a harvesting period, okay, um, you have, you know, planting the seed, needing to tend to the garden, needing to pull out weeds, needing to water, you know, all of those particular types of things before a fruit is born, or a vegetable, or whatever you're planning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for some people, it may be stuff that's illegal, but yeah. <laughs> but still, um, <laughs> it is you know still a, a particular growing season, okay. And my feeling here is is that the reason why that these symbolically why these holidays are there is that they're kind of checkpoints for the soul. Absolutely. Yes, that's the perfect way of saying it. Now, I think we go through this cycle throughout the month too. Mm-hmm. On, on smaller scales or, or I think, and it's not the exact cycle, but we cycle through this stuff all the time. It's not like this is the only time of year you deal with your sludge. But what a great opportunity. It's like it's like taking advantage of the tide coming in yeah, or taking advantage of the tide going out. You're just going to run with that energy and it's going to make it a lot easier. And when you do that and you recognize that's what's going on and you're arguing with your, your mate and, and you're both standing on 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 something that that you should 
not be have an issue with or you're not budging or whatever, you can say, wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah. this is all the stuff coming up that says deal with me. So what's my lesson? I agree with you. And one of the things that I was, you know, um, Jackie has an article, by the way, that will be going up uh, soon um, uh, that's calling the Using the Wheel of the Year for Personal Transformation, which mm-hmm. is an incredibly great article. You did a really good job on this. But, um, and hopefully it's just the first of several. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was reading through this is that the process between, between um, Samhain and Yule um, is a great opportunity um, to really work at um, uh, inherited dysfunctions. Scorpio, the sign, mm-hmm. is the natural ruler of the eighth house in astrology. Okay, and you know I've talked about it a lot. You know, um, uh, especially when we've been discussing celebrities, and we see. Remind like, me. For for example, Whitney Houston has. Neptune in the eighth house. So she has got a family curse, basically, of addiction. And uh, basically, the way that you can look at a family curse is the particular dysfunctions um, that we have um, inherited from, uh, you know, the psychological uh, and environmental uh, damage from our ancestors or our parents. Um, And I think that this is a great time to work on this. Right. It makes complete and total sense to me when, when you and I started talking about the energy of Scorpio and what's happening here and, and, and the eighth house and, and the family stuff and the wheel of the year and, and Samhain and the day of the dead. And I'm like, well, I I think that this is from all around the world and it's smacking us in the back of the head and saying, do this, use this. I think this is the big stuff that's been lost. Mm-hmm. From from the ancient practices, I don't think it's the ritual. I don't think it's the turning around in a circle with an athlete in your hand. It's this process. And and I'm going to teach a class in um, at the Folk Magic Festival, and, and I'm going to pull a lot of the stuff in here because it's the perfect time. I mean, make your class timely. But the the practitioners, the the conjure women, the root workers, the old wives, um, the the midwives that would the healer ladies that would work with people, that people would come to, one of their jobs is to trick you into healing yourself. Mm-hmm. So one of their jobs is to say, um, how does this affect you? When I look at some of these, the tricks and, and, and the conjure works and the root work, there's a lot of this that's, that what, um, what it does, it's about personal transformation. Now, I hold a theory that I'm not always, um, and sometimes I'm alone in, and I don't always have people agreeing with me. I think that magic works on you. Even your c- control and command spells, even your love spells, you're working it on you and your Akashic records in your world, mm-hmm. and it's changing you to interact with the world differently in a way to get what you want. Um I really think that that's how magic truly works um, because the change is always within you. Your perception changes. Your courage changes. Your sense of leadership changes. I don't think the other person changes as much. Yeah, I I, I agree with you as well. Um, I think that, you know, the more, you know, one of the things that I'm, uh, you know, uh, looking at, one of the things that I have done this year with uh, is 
even though that I've been studying, you know, Kabbalah for 13 years, um, I've really gone back into um, looking at, you know, because when you when you first start to study a system, you know, in those primary books that mm-hmm. you read, um, you know, you read them and then you get it and you're like, oh, this is wonderful, and then you, you know, start, re- start going on to more advanced stuff. But I think that oftentimes what gets lost is that basic simplicity of that beginning stuff. So I've gone back and I've looked at it, you know, in a new... Um, and uh, a different sort of way. And one of the things that I have noticed is that um, over and over in uh, Kabbalistic literature, it basically states, transform yourself, don't worry about the outer world. Transform yourself, don't worry about the outer world. Um, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I was uh, reading the other day that just kind of blew my mind away, Jackie, is that you should be more concerned about your character because your character belongs to you than your reputation, because your reputation is only an opinion. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's true, because I talk about working within my own integrity, and that's your character. Yes. Um, when, you, integrity, when you work within your own integrity, everything else follows. Now, um, with when I was a witchling, and they first started talking about the Wheel of the Year, and a lot of the Wheel of the Year books, I have to say touch upon some things. They touch about how this affects you, how you can tap into your own deeper meanings of this. But it's it's usually skirted over. People are, are a little afraid. And I, I'm so, just so grateful that you and I come from these two different points of view, mm-hmm. and we get to inspire each other. I mean, yeah. I'm having a little woo-woo moment with you. Oh. I get to say... Um, I'm for club. <laughs> but, but I love the fact that um, what I bring to the table has caused you to look deeper into your Kabbalah studies mm-hmm. and say, I read something like that there. And then you come back to me with your Kabbalah studies and, and the more deep um, meanings or the different things that, that you found with it. And then that opens up my eyes to say, and it did a lot of healing work for me coming up Catholic, um, and the different um, um, dogmatic books, going, oh, these might mean something different, and then saying, what do I really? What is what's my character here? What's my integrity? What do I really feel about the way the world works? And when I turn it around and do the take my own inventory and go deeper for myself, what I find is that I I literally hold all of the power of the universe in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. There's only real, really one world, and that's yours. And 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 everything else is how I perceive it. Yeah. So so I I choose how I want to perceive it, and and I choose if I want somebody saying, "Oh, you look nice today," as a compliment or an insult. I yeah. choose that. I choose that, and there's history and experience and perception and perspective all behind that. But as I go in deeper and say, um, I don't actually need to do spell work against somebody else. I don't mm-hmm. need to judge that. I don't need to judge them in that way. I need to take my own inventory because I'm a part of this. When someone's coming at me with you know, teeth bared and, and knives flashing, I can say what I do. What I, what I what I forget what I didn't see what's in my blind spot and and take care of that and and it works faster you and I have talked about that how we've both experienced that yeah 
when we do it that way. So I'm just really excited to be able to put words to this on using the Wheel of the Year to transform, and um, and I'm excited. It'll be on the Keep It Magic website. It'll be under Jackie's journal. Yeah. Um, well, one so of the things that I, that I want to say in regards to what it is that you just said is that, you know, I disagree with many um, uh, magical practitioners who believe that it is okay, Jackie, that you can do um, a reversible uh, type of spell or an uncrossing type of spell or, um, you know, it sucks to be you and uh, or, you know, poof or anything else, okay? Um, mm-hmm. and these are just our products. But, um, uh, uh but then at the same time, continue to participate in that particular energy. If you're trying to get rid of somebody, okay, and you do a poof spell, for me, being obsessive and looking at their Facebook page 40 times a day is not helping. <laughs> no. It becomes, um, if you if you start looking at your own behavior, how do, how do I switch that? And that's really what, you know, the spells that we're going to talk about, um, if you're going to see that it's your behavior, um, yeah. you have to. You absolutely have to take your own inventory, because if you don't, these spells won't work. You have to face your own shortcomings with with courage and honesty. And I'm just going to say it with courage and honesty. We don't want to be honest with ourselves when we're feeling righteous and judgmental. And and, and you know, interestingly they... enough, the word righteous. Okay. The, the, the actual literal word, when you translate it from the Hebrew, mm-hmm. means um, somebody that is 100% connected to the light, okay? There is nobody that I know of on this planet that can consider themselves righteous. Nobody. So when you, yeah, I agree with you, but, but that's when you start acting righteous, I think you're cutting off the light. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you're sitting in your own judgment and your own ego. I agree. So if you can say, my ego's in charge right now, why is my ego in charge? And your ego steps up and, and starts controlling the situation when you're about to get hurt or face something that might be hurtful to you. And that can be your own fears. Uh, exactly. I agree with you 100%. We have to take a break. Um, on the other side, Jackie and I, of course, will be giving you two new spells. I'm kind of excited about them. So we'll be talking about that, and um, Jackie will give us a little bit of a preview of what's going on with her at the Folk Magic Festival on the other side. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Um, it is uh, your purchases to Coventry and your patronage that allows us to keep the show on the air. So cruise on over there. If you have a problem in your life, no matter what that is, we have a candle for that. Don't touch that now. We'll be back in a flash.
Welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. It is currently 5 p.m. here on the East Coast, or, well, almost 5, uh, here on the East Coast. That means that it is 2 p.m. on the West Coast and every single hour in between. I'm Storm Festivani, and, of course, I'm here with Jackie Smith. And uh, it's kind of interesting, Jackie, that the lyrics to that song by Calvin Harris and Neo um, is, I have to scroll back here um, through this talk, which I won't mention some of it because it just kind of made me vomit, um, the words are, let go, I'm talking here and now. It's not about what you've done, it's about what you're doing. So um, it's kind of interesting that that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here. <laughs> Except I won't be talking about any of the rest of it. But, uh, <laughs> right, interesting. Life is interesting. So, yes. darling. Yes. So what's next? We have two spells that you have created. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the first one, which is um, Cut Away the Dead Wood Spell. No, no that's first not the first one. The Deal, flip the script on the drama spell. Right. So you're going to find that during First of all, define drama. Drama. Define drama. Oh, I like, I like that you said that. Drama are the things that come out of the blue, that seemingly come out of the blue, or they're the things that keep... Um, those lessons that keep cropping up, those issues that keep cropping up that, that you haven't mastered yet. The drama could be the fact that um, people are interfering with your life or you have a mother-in-law who's who's stirring the pot. You have um, family members that come over and eat dinner at your house all the time or people are talking down to you or your friends are freaking out. Drama is um, the sludge of emotions, stress, blocks, fears, habits, even relationships, that all those those stresses that you get stuck in and and um you can't seem to flip it. You can't seem to get to the other side. The Kabbalistic definition of the word drama is this. When you have I, earned when you have earned or or when you have received more light than you have earned, you create a short circuit and that's how you get drama. Interesting. I know the Kabbalistic definition is always much quicker than mine. <laughs> Way less words. That's because they have to go back to reading the Torah. <laughs> right. So that's interesting. So let's talk about that for a second. When you get more light than you've earned. Mm-hmm. I I was talking with someone and I said, hey, 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 don't put me on that pedestal. I, I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I'm just a normal person like you. I have my own issues. I have, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm very, very flawed. I don't deserve to be on the pedestal, and I also don't deserve the fall that I will take when you realize I'm not perfect. That, to me, is kind of like getting more light than you've earned. Let me give a, give a broad example that kind of um, explains it very well. Okay. Um, there are many, many stories of people that have won the lottery, Jackie, that receive, mm-hmm. you know, $20 million. And and, it, um, yeah. and five years later, um, their life is a misery. They're now divorced. They're in bankruptcy court. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of these these particular dramaticas <laughs> uh-huh. that are occurring in regards to their life because they actually did not earn or do something for that $20 million. Um, and when, when you earn it... Mm-hmm and do something towards it, you are becoming prepared for it. And let me give you another for instance. 
Um, we got um, over a many, many years ago when when I was in a different factory. We got a almost twenty thousand dollar order for products to go into QVC, mm-hmm. and it was three each of two different candle lines, so it was a lot of of the same units. Um, There was a candle holder that went into it. There was all this stuff that went with it. And um, it was, um, we didn't know how to do it. We weren't prepared. They came to us. We hadn't worked our way up into it. We didn't, we had not hired the right people. We had not figured this whole thing out. So when it came down to it, we didn't know what we were doing. So we got this big order, but it almost put us out of business. Mm-hmm. Seriously, we had we spent so much money on special handling for all this stuff that I, A, underpriced myself, and B, did not get any sureties or guarantees that we would actually get paid. So we had nearly $20,000 in orders on from QVC. They returned over $14,000 of product. <sighs> so... That's that I didn't earn it. I wasn't prepared for it. When you when you build your business to the point where you can handle a twenty thousand dollar order that has to turn in a month, you're good. You yeah. can handle it. But we didn't. We weren't. We weren't ready for that. We, that's not how we did business. So that's the. Then it created so much drama. I lost business relationships over this. I lost employees over this. I, I mean, I lost a lot over this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, any time that you have received something that you did not directly earn, um, mm-hmm. you're going to uh, receive an enormous amount of light for it. Right. Um, uh, and because you didn't earn it, you haven't created a vessel that's big enough for it. So what happens yep. is that there's a short circuit, um, and the effects of the short circuit are the dramaticas. Right. So this month, you're going to find the short circuits, the dramaticas. Yeah, and, <laughs> I love Tyrannica. I made the word up, by the way. <laughs> I know, I like it. So um, so things right are going to rise to the top. So all of those things that you didn't earn one way or the other are going to rise to the top. They can be positive and negative, like you didn't earn that disdain from the other person or that bad reputation, or mm-hmm. those things start rising to the top. And, and they um, can make you a little crazy because you don't know what to do with it. It doesn't fit into your day and day. Mm-hmm. It can quickly... Um, turn into your whole life feeling out of control and that the whole world is against you. So, flipping the script on this drama helps you release what's not working for you anymore and what is cluttering up your mind and emotions. So you're going to need three Blessed Herbal Candles. Protection, Vision Quest, and Needed Changes Vanishing. So, you light the protection candle with the intent that you are protecting your mind and spirit from the toxic energy that's coming up in you and creating the drama. So this time of year, this drama is is toxic energy. It's the light turned bad, so to speak, it turned mm-hmm. short circuit. So that, that protection candle, that's all you have to do is you set the intent that you're protecting your spirit and your mind from the toxic energy because that toxic energy can, can get you some circular obsessive thinking as you circle that drain. Yeah. So it helps saying, oh, that's... That's that crazy thinking. So then you want to light the vision quest candle and you write down answers to the following question. And you have to write it down. Don't just answer it in your head. When you write it down, you're making, uh, and you can even talk it out while you're writing it down. Um, 
but if you write it down, you've made a commitment to that answer. Mm-hmm. When you leave it in your head, you forget what you said in your head, and you haven't owned it. So the question is, what fear is at the base of this drama? And there always is one. There always is one if you just let it go and say, I'm afraid of blank, blank, blank. How is this fear born? That might be a little bit tougher to come to. I've had a lot of practice because I ask myself these things all the time. But really, was this fear born from experience with this particular person, experience from the past? Did you think this came from your childhood? Did it come from someone outside? All that stuff. So where was this fear born? How have my actions contributed to this toxic energy? And this is time to take inventory. They have contributed. Mm -hmm. You have done something. And then it leads you to the next question is, what is my lesson here? The next question is, what is the other person or group's point of view? This one's tough. You have to step outside of yourself. You have to say, I can see how they would think that. Now, I have love, I have some Libra in my chart, so I can do that. Libra's my little saving grace, thank goodness. <laughs> um, and then here's the biggie. What do I need to surrender to be free of this drama? And that surrendering is, is whenever you're going to do some healing work, whenever you're changing, you have to surrender something. Mm-hmm. So now that you've written this all down on a piece of paper or two, You flip it over, and you answer the following questions on the opposite side of this paper. Now, it's important that it's the same piece of paper, so don't start using scrap paper. Don't use a big felt-tip pen, and then you can't read the other side. This is important that you do it on the same piece of paper because what you're doing, get it? You're flipping the script. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, what would my life look like if I was free of this drama? What would my health? mental, and physical self look like without this issue? How would I feel without this fear? How would I feel about myself, my life, without this fear? What new habit or action would be healthy here? How can I help the other party let go of this drama too? which it might not be anything you can do. Yeah. Sometimes it can be that you let go. You just let when you let go, they'll let go. It's the tug of war. The last question is what is my new energy life after I surrender? Or excuse me, what is my new energy like after I surrender? Typo. Um so what would your energy be like if you surrendered this thing that you needed to surrender? Um and what one of the things about that is is that the first thing it will be is calmer, more stable, more balanced, less frenetic. So now you take the needed changes candle and you light it from the Vision Quest candle. And use a, what you want to do is use a cauldron, a fire-safe container with a lid, or go out, or even better, go outside and burn this piece of paper. You flip the script, let the transformation happen from drama to personal awareness. Because... Because that's the opposite of drama, mm-hmm. is personal awareness. And what I learned about drama, and this is through our conversation, Storm, is that when there's drama and confusion and frustration and all that stuff, it's because you're refusing to look at the truth. Mm-hmm. And what you've done is you've just said, here's the truth. And so you're flipping the script. 
So light the candles every day. Keep the keep these three candles lit for several hours and, and really meditate on this, really own this whole thing. And if you want to, you can write a story, write your story about this of, of what was going on and how you're changing it, just so you can look back at it because you just burnt this whole piece of paper. Um, and then light the candles every day to stay in tune with this change. This is really important. You can't just do this spell and walk away and, and have it be done. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is a transformational process. Transformational process is one step at a time. It's the chrysalis. It's painful. You're changing. It's all that stuff. So light those candles every day to stay in tune with this change. And, and start writing down and taking note of how your perceptions of the world and the people in your life change and evolve as you go through this change. And so the energy of these candles are going to help you from sabotaging yourself through this process. I mean, you could write these things down without the candles. True, true, true. But the energies of these candles are going to help you from sabotaging yourself through this process, allow you to see deeper um, into the truth of the situation and help you release the blocks and negative energies as they come up. Because one of the things that I find happen is that when we do deep transformational work, whether it's in the therapist's office or we have an aha moment in our life, um, we get so far and it kind of can get stuck in our aura. So the energy of these tools help it come out of the aura and cleanse. Mm-hmm. So that's the first, that's the flip the script spell. What do you think? I like it. Like? I like this. it a lot. It's really about you taking authority. Yeah. And that's what the good part of this is, is it's about taking authority um, uh, and taking control of your own um, reactions in regards to the situation, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, which will allow you to be able to not only make peace with a particular situation, but to also change it as well. Mm-hmm. Now, once you do the flip the script spell, you're going to need to do cut away the deadwood spell. Mm-hmm. You're, this is one after the other because you just shook up the tree. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely did. And all those hidden truths that are rising to the top, you're going to find that some people or situations are just not able to be healed or worked with. Mm-hmm. They're done. You're done, and you're hanging on to them in an unhealthy way. It's a difficult realization, and there's sometimes you just don't want to let that person go. Sometimes it's a family member. Sometimes it's, i got to look for a new job. Sometimes it's, i got to look for a new place to live or be a different person or... It's not a punishment. This is cutting away the dead wood. This spell is not for punishment purposes. Um, this is about leaving them and sending them away from you in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not about being bitter. This is releasing each other so you can go on and have better lives. Because the bitterness you, makes you hang on to them. The anger poisons you. And, and your vengeance keeps you tied together. So, you're going to need a candle that represents you, and it could be your element, like if you're a fire sign, get the fire candle. If you're an earthy sign, like a Virgo, get the earth candle. Or it can represent what you're looking, what you've been trying to accomplish in your life, which might be prosperity or a loving relationship or or more psychic, whatever it is. So, there's you, you pick the candle that represents you. Um, then you need a candle that represents the other person. And... Use their elemental sign or the needed change candle or the spiritual cleansing candle mm-hmm. if you don't know their elemental sign. Now, you put the candles in their own candle holders and put them about three feet apart. 
and tie a red string onto each candle. And and so you're going to have one string, one one end tied to one candle, one end tied to the other candle. Why a red string? And I didn't explain this in the spell that I posted, but I'll tell you right now, is that red string is going to help you come to it with a purity of intent. And in Kabbalah, red string is protection from evil eye. So that's one of the reasons why I picked a red string. Yeah. So your your anger doesn't um, influence this. So you're not you're not trying to harm the other person because the minute you start to harm somebody else, again, you, it's a ricochet. You're tied to them until you are done doing yeah. that. Um, so you start with them three feet apart. Now bring them closer to they're only about a foot apart. And yes, the string will sag and it'll fall on the table in the middle, and that's okay. So now talk to the candle, name it, say how, say how it's attached to you and what it's doing. So you talk to your own candle. You can even inscribe your name on it. You talk to the other candle, you can inscribe their name on it or the situation. It could be a situation. It could be a group of people. It could whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you talk to it and you define it and you say what's going on. And this is really important. You have to say this out loud. And so you might want to be private about it. Might want to do this when nobody's around, or kick every, send send everybody to, for ice cream, give them the five spot, and let them go, um, or hot cocoa because it's cold. And you talk to that candle, and you say, "This is what's going on, and this is what you've been doing, and this is how it's affecting me." And that really powers up that candle and and baptizes that candle to be the person or the mm-hmm. situation. So now talk to the string and name the situation that's no longer working within this. The energy, what's keeping you from achieving your goal? So the string is what's tying the two of you together or tying you to um, a group or a repeating behavior. Now, move those candles back apart again while saying, I distance myself from this physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Now, define what this is when you say it. I'll say it again. I distance myself from the situation, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. I look at this with a new perspective and a new understanding of my truth. How about that? So your first yeah. thing is you got to distance yourself. you got to get out of each other's funk. Now, take a pair of scissors and say, and cut the string. Just cut the string. I cut away any hooks or drains that I may have to this, and then you need the situation. And any hooks or drains that they might have in me. So it goes both ways. You're hooked into them, they're hooked into you. And then you say, I cut away what is no longer serving me. I cut away what is keeping my spirit heavy and sad. I cut away what is blocking the divine from uplifting my heart, spirit, mind, and body. Cut that string. Now, go ahead and leave the strings tied to the candles as they burn down. Now, be mindful that the string might actually catch on fire. If it gets too close to the flame, and it's okay to remove it before it comes a hazard. But if you can let that string just kind of fall away when it's time, and even if it does catch a little bit on fire... As it, it, that's perfect. That's a nice little perfect thing, but watch it and don't let it just totally catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not done. You're not done because you're still in the first part of the spell. You want to clear yourself with the scissors. So from about a foot away from your body, you just want to snip those scissors through your aura and you're just cutting away your attachment, your emotional attachment, your physical attachment, your spiritual attachment to that situation. Clip front and back, top to bottom, 
bottom to top, whichever way it feels. You just want to go through your whole front, your whole back as much as your arms will reach, side to side. You want to clip above your head, and you want to clip below your feet, and you want to clip at your palms too. So you're going to have the intention of cutting away any hooks or drains or energies as you snip the scissors. And you can simply cleanse the scissors off with cold water when you're all done. As you're cutting away, the scissors kind of naturally cleanse themselves, but running it under cool water will help that situation. And you want to let the candles burn for at least three hours. You, This is the time when you take that inventory again. What is my connection to this? What did I do to exasperate this? What do I need to change in me? And then you relight the candles every day until they're done, and you're going to say a new blessing every time you relight those candles. Today I walk as a wiser being. I walk with a deeper understanding of my personal truth, my fears, and the filters I look at life through. Every day I release myself from the bondage of these fears and evolve. I leave behind what was limiting me. I leave behind what no longer feeds my soul. I am free, wise, and ready to embrace my true destiny. Oh, nice. You like that? Yeah. This is a good divorce spell also. Yeah, I think so too. So that's big work. Yeah. Now talk a little bit, Jackie, about why taking your own inventory makes your spells more effective. Um, Because if you don't face why you have this issue in the first place, and I talk a lot about it in Coventry Magic, but if you don't face why you have have to do this spell in the first place, you're just going to have to do it over and over again because you're going to get in your own way. If you don't take your inventory on, if you don't say, I'm being the bitch here, or I'm looking for something unreasonable, or I'm wanting something that uh, that other person can't give me, um, whatever the, and that's usually my inventories. Um, (laughs) But whatever your inventory is, you have to, you have to, um, and that's an AA term, taking your own inventory. And I think it's actually, it's a term that's come up in many different areas. That's the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and so one of our chat room folks is saying, if you don't take your inventory, you're still denying it, not healing it. It's true. You're leaving it in your blind spot. Yeah. And and it's about discovering what's in your – and the things that stop you, all those blocks, all those fears, they live in your blind spot. Well, they certainly don't live in front of you because then you can do something about it. They live where you can't see them. So taking your own inventory is about bringing that forward and saying, oh, that's what's going on. And – just so that you know, Jackie, I've told you this before, but so that everybody else knows. AA, where AA got the idea of inventory was from Jung, um, who is the person that put together the 12 steps for Bill W. Oh. Um, Jung got it from Kabbalah. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did take that to some folks who do a lot of studying on the AA principles, and one of the things that they pushed back with is that you can find these same principles in Buddhist studies and Hindu studies. So, so really, these principles are very sound. Yes. Um, that they might physically have gone. Um, that you can you can do the physical chain of events back to that, but they make total sense across the board. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Jung did so much studying of uh, other um, uh, religious philosophies. Um, because he felt as though that psychological problems and issues were more um, of a spiritual issue than um, uh, anything else. 
so you know that that was something that was important for, for him. So taking those same particular principles um, uh, and applying them for dysfunctional behaviors, I think, is uh, definitely good. You're going to the Folk Magic Festival. You're leaving tomorrow, but you're not even packed. Bad girl. <laughs> it's okay. I usually pack like just before I go to bed because I think about deciding what I'm going to wear is a big deal. It's all about presentation. This is a, this is very important to me. How how am I dressed? Am I comfortable? What's going on? And actually, I'm also waiting to do the weather report because last time I looked, it's going to be between 70 and 80 degrees while I'm there. So I'm figuring out what clothes to take. I'm just not sure. Summer. <laughs> I know. I'm cold again, so I can't look at those clothes and say it's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Wear spring type clothes, Jackie. That'll that'll, that'll be safe for you. Um, and, and it was so hot last year in Michigan that I don't have any spring clothes. I have like hot summer clothes. Oh my god! Oh my god! So what are you, you're teaching a class? Talk to me. I'm teaching a class. I'm teaching a candle magic class. Um, what I'm doing is is I'm teaching um, the conjure part, the root work part of of the candle magic that I do. And it's so much fun. I'm so excited about this. It's it's very similar to a class that I've taught um, in other places, but I get to flip it. This is where I get to flip my script. I usually have to couch the conjure work just a little bit and, and start introducing it in a different way. I get to flip it. I get to pull that out, and I can um, kind of couch the other stuff um, and really talk about why the conjure work and why all that works for me and how that influenced my um, my entire practice, because I'm not I'm not just a conjure worker. I'm not just a root worker. I am um, I'm everything. I'm I've I've become a 21st century magical practitioner. Yeah. And and that involves so much. And so I'm so honored to be to be um, asked to do this and teach this. And when I talk to Orion and Susan and and Cindy and and Star, I was I talked to all of them and I said, so what do I want to? Br- I mean, I don't have the training, I don't have the family history that you guys have, and and so I bring this to it. And they said, we want you to bring what you got. Mm-hmm. That's what we're excited about. It's what you already got. You don't have to change up anything. So that's I'm I'm just excited because I get to teach the other side of it. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing a lot of looking around in in New Orleans and and um, pulling in my Lobelia stories more because Lobelia has been talking to me. Lobelia is a guide that I met. Um, uh, it, she's a spirit um, that I ago. work with. Two yeah, two years ago. This is my third year of doing this, yes. and and she's been very very vocal, <laughs> very vocal lately, and, and putting people in my path lately to um, say she's ready for me to start working on this. And so one of the things I wanted to do is I have a feeling where uh, one of the plantations that she was owned on is. And if I have time, I'd like to. Which one? I've got to look it up again, and I have to look it up when I'm in New Orleans, and I've got to talk to some people about it because it's hard to look it up online. And one of the things about dealing with spirits and saying and, and pulling up Google Maps and saying, okay, where on the map were you? They're like, I don't know about no maps. <laughs> I just knew where I lived. <laughs> and so um, you don't quite get it on a map. I think it's hilarious. And so I'm listening to her describe where she lived, and I think, and it was a house with three high-up windows. And so I have to do a little, little more digging if I can, but um, just being there is a big part of it. 
I might have to take a special trip just to go down there and, and drive around to the plantations. Yeah. Yeah. And and New Orleans when it when you get there, there's such an energy and um I was stu- I was studying the map yesterday and that whole Gulf area when I was looking at it, mm-hmm. I went, Oh my god, it's a circle. I mean duh, right? We learned it in and, but looking at it in a different way and looking at where Jackie did you know geography. <laughs> yeah. But but look at this is this is some of my conspiracy theory. We're given the map of the United States, but they don't add in Cuba and Haiti and and the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and the Bahamas and Jamaica and you look and that's all like right there. It's so close. Um uh you know, Cuba is closer to Florida then then uh New Orleans is, is close to Florida. I mean really that's how close it is. Um looking at all that and you don't when you see the map of the US and they leave off everything else, you don't see that circle that's created in the Gulf and how magical an area that is. Yeah, exactly. So yep, so there's gonna be lots of spirits down there talking to me because they have been um very, very prevalent in my brain of late and Lobelia wants me to talk some more. So, and I'm going to. There's a big séance at Muriel's. Muriel's is one of the most haunted restaurants in the French Quarter, mm-hmm. and um, Dorothy gifted me with um, a ticket to the séance. Oh, and nice. I'm very excited about that. Nice. We have to go. We're at the end of the show. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss you. <laughs> I'll miss you too, but I'm sure you'll call me. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear from you. Um, Jackie and I will, of course, be back next week uh, to talk about the Folk Magic Festival, and she'll give us a whole rundown on the on the Folk Magic Festival. So make sure that you're here. Cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com um, uh, and uh, make sure that you check out the candle lines that are there. Um, if you are looking for candles for Yule presents, it is now time to order them now to make sure that you get them. Um, in the meantime, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic, baby. Keep it magic. Yeah, they do. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next week. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope you live or die